Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Black Country Ramble. If this is your first time listening, uh, we have one Wolves fan, who is JB, and we have one Albion fan, that's me, Kiz, and we sit down once a week and we talk through uh, the main headlines from both sides of the Black Country in a footballing perspective. JB, how are you this week? Yeah, not too bad, mate, not too bad. Um, not the greatest sort of little period of time since we last recorded um, in terms of results for Wolves. Well, like I said, we'll get into that in a bit, but yeah, I'm okay myself, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Mixed bag for Albion as well in the um, just under two weeks since we've recorded last. Um, we may as well jump straight in. Oh, no, JB, it's your turn on trivia this week. It is. Absolutely. I was going to rush straight past that, so I didn't go through the embarrassment of not getting it um, on air. But <laughs> you for our trivia this week. I think there's a chance you might get it, mate. You might not. It's more of a thinking on this one. So championship this season is, is potentially shaped up to be probably one of the most exciting championship seasons in recent memory, really, in terms of how tight it is, particularly below the, the sort of the top two. Um, and you've got a sort of a class act side in Burnley who are, you know, potentially looking at uh, running away with it a little bit. Um, so my question to you, Kieran, is can you name, I mean, I've got the top 10 here, but can you name the top 10 points finishes by championship teams? Over the last, I'm not sure how far it goes back. I think it goes back to the early 90s. I think it's going back to on this. Um, I don't need to go that far back. So the top, sort of, as many of the, the top sort of championship point finishes you can, in order would be incredible. Um, but yeah, and if you know how many points they are, etc., the year, the manager, anything you can throw at me, bonus points. It's more thinking one. I'm going to get it in order, mate. Just, just any teams that you think might have done it um, along the last few years. Um well, to be honest, JB, I think that's pretty pathetic. Um, making me sit here and talk about that Nuno team again. I thought we were past that. Um, they yeah. are in the top ten. They yeah, are in the top yeah, 10. yeah. Nuno, yeah. Um, the twenty eighteen, sorry, twenty seventeen eighteen uh, season. The Nuno, correct. Um, Reading have the points record with uh, one hundred six. In it is one hundred six. Yeah, absolutely. Two thousand six seven. Five six. Oh, <clears throat> One hundred six yeah. points. Gold, incredible, plus 67 goal difference. So, yes, they're number one on the list. Wolves, you've, you've picked out them. They're actually eighth on the list. How many points did Wolves get? Wolves got 99. And they're now, there's eight. A, Yeah, and there's a number of teams on who, who finished on... The reason why they're eighth is because the goal difference wasn't as good as other teams uh, who also got okay. 99. I think okay. it was 99. Bear with me, let me just double check. Yeah, 99. Yeah, and they're eighth. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, is there a Sheffield United team in there? Let me let me scarf through. No. I should have wrote these down really rather rather than using a, do- a dodgy website on my phone. Um, bear with me, mate. I don't think no, there is actually. They, they tend to finish second when they go up, don't they? Yeah, um, absolutely. Ooh, this is really tough. Uh, yeah. If, if Wolves are eight with 99, then I was going to say Leeds because I know they hit 90 points under Bielsa, but um, no. I'll say Leeds anyway. No, not in there. Wow. No. Um, yeah. So Albion won it 2008, but we didn't have very many points at all. Is there a Sunderland team in there? No. Wow. Yes, there is. I apologise. Sorry, my bad. Second in the list. What year? Five points. 98-99, the sort of Kevin Phillips, Niall Quinn era. Um, 
Yep, so that's three out of the ten you've got. Is there a Fulham side in there? Yes, there is. I'm going to see if you can remember. See if you can remember what year they would have done that, oh. or, or, or or close to. Um, two thousand one. I've nailed that. 2000, 2001. Absolutely. Do you remember the manager? Uh, Laurie Sanchez? No. Always used to be chewing on a cocktail stick. I've no idea. I was a bit young, mate. Jean Tigana. Oh, Jean yeah. Tigana. Yeah. So Al Fayed had brought them and they spent money like that. They were kind of the yeah. the Chelsea of the, the championship, really, if you like, Division yeah. One. Uh, when Al Fayed went in and they were spending huge money. I think they spent £35 million in that summer, 2000, which is huge money back in 2000 for a championship side. So, yes, that's four, I think you've got now, I think you said. I think we've got. Yeah. Um, Burnley? No, Burnley aren't on there, mate. No, you know when Deitch went down and then took them back up? Yeah. That Burnley team might have been in there. Uh-huh. Oh, this is tough. And I'm now getting to the point where I might just be throwing out names rather than... Yeah. Reasons, so, um, yeah. Do, you to, do, you to, do you want me to go through the list? Rather than revisiting, or do you want to um, revisit? I yeah, go on to read the list. Read the list. Okay, so in pause tenth play, pause the podcast if you don't want to know this. Yeah, one. absolutely. Yeah, pause away if you're on a, you're on a current. So in tenth place, Bolton Wanderers. They finished on ninety eight points in the ninety six ninety seven season. Okay. Again, quite you know, you were born, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. Um, so, so well, no, that was actually the season before I was born because I would have been. Ah, there. okay. There we are. In ninth place, these are a phenomenal side. Portsmouth, 2002-2003. That was under Harry Redknapp uh, when they had um, Paul Merson. And, oh, did, you, that, that... did you go up with them that season? You what, sorry? Yeah, they won the league and we went yeah. up in the playoffs. So they finished on 98. That, oh, this is going to kill me. That Probably one of the best players I've seen live um, at Wolves. Croatian player. His fame. Robert Prozanetsky. Absolutely incredible player. Um, so there's Wolves in eighth place, 99 points, plus 43 goal difference. Seventh place, this is, see, this is actually a bit further back than I thought, Chelsea, 1988-89. Again, wow. 99 points, 46 goal difference. Then we're getting into, I'm just scrolling down now, mate. Bear with me. Yeah, definitely not using this website again for trivia. It's not the best one you found. Um, bear with me. So who do we have so far? Portsmouth, Bolton, so Chelsea. Yeah. Oh, sorry, mate. Bear with me. I haven't prepped for this at all. The joys of live recording, eh? Um, yeah, so I have to put... So Chelsea, sixth place, the Manchester City side of 0102. 99 points again, but with a plus 56 goal. That was Kevin Keegan. Yeah, that was... So that. they put their... That was a season when Wolves, when you and Albion, yes, when we yeah. threw away that 12-point lead and you finished behind them. Um, I mean, that season, they won 6-2, Didn't draw in the whole season, Man City. In that season, didn't yeah. have one draw. All or nothing, as they say. Blackburn were on for that, but they've finally drawn a game. This yeah. Season. So, fifth place, the Fulham side that you mentioned, John Tigana. Fourth place, Leicester City, 13-14. Wow. Yeah, 102 points they finished on. That was under Nigel Pearson. Yeah. Of course they did, yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. Third place, Newcastle United, 0-9-10. Now, that's bad because that's another one that Albion went up with. That's Absolutely. Two of them. Yeah, so that's when they had Andy Carroll, Kevin Nolan, etc., yeah. etc. Et nice. 
And then, actually, what you got, you got the top tier. You got Sunderland, 98, 99, 105 points. Plus, it's a big goal difference. Then the Reading team of 05, 06 with 106 points and a 67 goal difference. I'm not sure that I'll ever be beaten, to be honest. That's some record, to be fair. I wonder what Burn. I think even if Burnley won out from here, they wouldn't. They wouldn't get. Yeah, that. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. I, I haven't. I haven't worked that out. But I'll have a look. where Burnley are in comparison to those teams at this stage of the season. Obviously, we're slightly out because of the World Cup break. Yeah, that's a good point. The um the interesting thing with with this is like Sheffield United are also. I know they're like five points behind us, but Sheffield United are also a real standout team. Points per yeah. game. Um, so Burnley at the moment played 28, 62 points. So that they are over two points a game comfortably. Um, I might do the maths on that, see if they won out from here, would they beat that Reading team? I don't think they would, though. On... Well, 28, 28. So they've, they've got how many games? 28, 38. So there's 18 games left. 18 times three is 36, 46, 54. So there's 54 points to play for. That would no, take... they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They genuinely would. Oh, no, they would. They would. So because six, 62 now. 62 plus 54 would leave them on 116. So, oh, well, yeah. So it's That's possible. Big, it's possible we'd be a big, big ask. Well, they've won their last eight. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Including Albion on um, Friday night. Do you want to start Albion or Wolves, Davey? Yeah, let's start Albion, mate. Let, 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 let's get into them. Well, that segues lovely onto, onto Albion. Really strong start on Friday night. Um, it, it felt like such a big game. And massive credit to any Albion fans that went on Friday. Um, it's just awkward to get there for yeah. an not kick off on a Friday night, let alone um, fork out the money in January after Christmas and everything. Um, Ream start for the Albion fans should maybe have been two up um, in the first half. And then it was a little bit of a an onslaught in the second half. The Chris Wilder was on comms and, and he made a really, really good point. He said that... Albion's defending in the second half looked uh, like it was born out of desperation, not design. It looked like they were just being forced back continuously um, and they couldn't set, they couldn't get out, the distribution wasn't good enough, they couldn't beat the press, the ball didn't stick on DK to bring others into play. Um, and then, funnily enough, Corbrand said afterwards that um, the way they defended in the second half wasn't the plan. Like the shape that they, they took up yeah. wasn't the intended shape. And I think that shows... The, the quality, the strength of that Burnley team and how many areas they've got in which they can hurt you because nobody's done that to Albion this season under Corbran. Nobody has made Albion um, that that fluid in a negative sense, that that um, almost playing at the at the pace or at the or with the patterns of the opponent. That's not really happened under Corbran. He's found a really good way to either um, impose Albion's game plan on the game with the ball or found a really effective way to contain and counter-attack whoever we're playing. But it didn't look like that in the second half against Burnley and we are not strong enough defensively. Our back four have been superb under um, Corbran, but it's not because of a low block. It's because of the defence in numbers um, and, yeah. and excellent goalkeeper as well. But it doesn't matter how good your goalkeeper is. He made a couple of really good saves. It doesn't matter how many good, um, good saves he makes. Um, if you let a team cross 20 times, for example, you're going to come unstuck. However, one thing I do have to say, um, was the fullbacks did okay against really, really difficult wingers? And there was a bit of controversy in the first half with um, Teller and what was a blatant dive and a little bit of mind games and things like that. And could he have found himself in more trouble? Could he have been booked? And then, you know, all these things that people are talking about. But at the end of the day, um, 
we we were doing well to even hang on. Both goals, annoyingly, were avoidable and really low. Like there's a really low chance of those both leading to goals. Um, we brought on, I think we brought Rogic on, and we were trying to get out a little bit from defence. You could, you had to step off the pitch because you'd gone down injury. Was coming back on. Um, big goal kick forward, uh, gets headed back, ball lands exactly where Yukushli would have been to mop up. Um, he's not there because he's off the pitch. Burnley play one pass through and then they are in on goal. And um, good finish by Teller, who, as I said, um, did a good job of annoying Albion fans in the first half, um, searching for a penalty. Um, and then the second goal, unbelievable free kick. Absolutely amazing free kick from Scott Twine, um, who has a real knack of doing that. But it was very soft. Um, Jed Wallace trying to get back absolutely doesn't play the man, doesn't try to tackle him. He's just stood near um, near the attacker when he shoots. Some people suggesting that he's kicked the floor and it's not a free kick. I do think it's a free kick. I think Jed Wallace it, it does make contact inadvertently um, and therefore it has to be a free kick. And as soon as the, the ball, as soon as it's on the, the, the line where it is like on the 18-yard line, you're like, well, this is as good as a penalty when you've got a quality free quick free kick taker, um, as Burnley clearly do. Um, so it was a game of really, really fine margins, and it was a game in which Albion showed they can they can dine at the top table. And it was and this is a proper cliche, it was actually a really, really, really annoying time to have gone 1-0 up because we're not at the level where we can go one nil up and dominate against a Burnley, but we are at the level where we can go and play. But we didn't get to see that really because we went one nil up. It affected the game so drastically. It really handed Burnley the initiative going forward that we didn't see what it would be like if those two teams went toe to toe. As it happened, we've lost. Moving on, um, we're, we're not in the top two race at all anymore. And I don't think anybody's in the top two race anymore. I saw Slavin Bilic said that Watford would have to win all 18 games in the remainder of the season to get themselves back in. Even if they do that, I don't know if they're going to catch Sheffield United in second, um, which, as you alluded to, leaves us in a very, very exciting race for the top six, JB. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, like I say, it's shaping up to be probably one of the, the most exciting, sort of intense championship seasons um, for as long as I can, I can remember, really, in terms of the tightness of the points. I mean, I... I Top of my head, I can't. I don't think you've got the table there in front of you, but I'm sure even down to I was looking because I was looking at the teams in and around you, and I, I remember seeing there's a couple of teams below. I think you've got games in hand. If they win those games in hand, that they might jump level with you or go one point above you. I think Coventry were down in eleventh. I think I've got a game in hand, and they're within a two or three points of you. So it's 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 incredibly tight all the way, probably down to I think there's anybody probably down to I don't know if you've got the table there in front of you, maybe thirteenth, fourteenth, yeah. maybe. So Co yeah, Coventry are 15th at the moment. And if they were to win their game in hands, they would only be four points outside the playoffs. Yeah. Obviously, that's lots of ifs and buts. So this oh. is the table outside the top two. Obviously, you've got Sheffield United on 57 in their second. Big drop then to Watford. So Watford, 44. Blackburn, 43. Norwich, 42. Borough, 42. Luton, 42. Millwall, 42. Sunderland, 41. West Brom, 41. Preston, 40. Um so unbelievably tight. And Albion have one of the better goal differences. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll read those teams again, JB. Tell me which four are going to get into the playoffs. Yeah, Watford, Blackburn, Norwich, Middlesbrough, Luton, Millwall, Sunderland, West Brom. I'm going to say... 
I'm going to go Watford, Middlesbrough. I think Albion will get in. And who are the other ones? Sorry, say it again. Uh, Norwich, Luton, Millwall. I've said Norwich. Haven't no. Oh yeah, Norwich. So yes, my 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 firm three that I think we'll we'll get in will be Middlesbrough, Norwich, and Watford. They're my firm three that I think that that that's that that's my thought process. I think Carrick's doing a really good job, very similar to Corbyn. I think we are um, miles better than Borough. Um, I think we are. Yeah, different. well, yeah, the proof being the pudding when it in a couple of weeks, really. Um, but yeah, and I think I think it'd be Albion. So if I was a betting man, which unfortunately yeah. I'm not. Um, I also think we're miles better than Watford. I think Watford, uh, abs- like I love Billich, obviously, but Watford, yeah. are just, they've got some really strong individuals. Yeah. I, I think I think we could get into the playoffs. No, I think we will get into the playoffs. And I think it'll be the same four that you've said, JB, which seems horrible for the, the whole narrative around the championship because the top six would then literally just be the biggest, well, I'd say the biggest, the most well-funded six teams in the league yeah. in Burnley, Sheffield United, Watford, Norwich, Borough and West Brom. So I don't know why I'm calling West Brom West Brom here. Um yeah. always Albion. Um but it would probably be the the, the biggest six favourites um, yeah. um which is a little bit boring. But um I think we'll get in and I I don't think anyone would want to play Carlos Corbran's Albion over two legs. Yeah. Like I say it's gonna be, it's gonna be I think there'll be lots of twists and turns still to come. Like I say, I mean I know we we haven't touched on it. We haven't touched on it, but obviously, you know, you had the the phenomenal result, results against Luton last weekend as well, which you know showed real sort of balls of steel, if you like, and, and showed the sort of the character and confidence in the squad to come from Tinnell down. I think after you were after what twenty five minutes, thirty minutes, something like that, yeah. um, to to come back in a really difficult place to go against this really confident Luton side who were playing really well under Rob Edwards, um, to come back and 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 you know, listen, even if. I don't know, and, uh, Hensford, Christ, let's not talk about them, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, even if Man United were playing, I don't know, Exeter, and Exeter were 2-0 up, and United came back to win 3-2, you know, you still got to have, you know, that shows character. It's difficult for any team against anyone to come back from 2-0 down. So for Albion to do that showed real sort of, that that, that result, I'll be honest with you, I thought pre-looting game, I was thinking, I think Albion are going to tail off here a little bit. I think he's had a good little spell, but it's going to tail off. And then when I saw a good tunnel down to Luton, I thought, yeah, I think they're going to tail off a bit here. Um, but then to see that result, you think, nah, they're, they're, they're in the mix, right in the mix here. And then I caught a bit of the Burnley game. Didn't watch the whole game, but I caught bits and bobs of it. I thought Albion starts off pretty well, like you say. They got, they got the early goal. Very reminiscent, I remember, when, when Wolves under Nuno, even though it, there were certain seasons we were notoriously so slow starters. I used to particularly hate him when Wolves scored early. Because we just had this inability to de- to defend for, for up to ninety minutes, and that, that's probably the case for a lot of teams. Really, you get an early goal, and naturally, as a football team, you're on the pitch, you take a bit of a back foot. There's very few teams then kick on to go two, three, four, and the up. Maybe Man City's or the Liverpool of past seasons aside, um, but but yeah, so it's always going to be a difficult task. You know, Burnley are a, an excellent, excellent side. They're full of quality. Probably one of the best championship sides of recent times. Interesting how they would match up against the. I think that's a conversation for another day. Again, sort of you know sort of leading on from my trivia question, see where they would sort of rank depending on where I, they finish at the end of the season. Point points wise, they might they might hit a hundred, but I think yeah. this team is better than this Burnley team. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't think they're even in the same category to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, there's, but like there's say, a whole lot of talent in this Burnley team. Though. Yeah, yeah. It, it, listen, company's doing a great job. You know, he, he, he's proven he, he's proven he's. 
he's, he's waiting gold, you know, he's, he's, he's doing, he's doing the right things. He's took the drop, you know, he's dropped, come away from Anderlecht who he could have quite easily had a comfortable sort of winning league titles, playing the Europa League, Champions League pretty regularly to sort of, you know, test himself in, in notoriously the most difficult league in the world. Yeah. Um, and, and, and he's, and he's, he's doing it bang on at the moment. So, yeah. So for me, it's really, really interesting as an outsider looking in, you, you, you're two or three results away from it all for its head. You know, Albion they could lose two out the next three and then all of a sudden Coventry could win three out the next four or whatever. You don't know. It's just, it's going to be so minute and I think it's going to go come down to goal difference, potentially playoffs-wise, which will be incredible. Um, I think it will be that tight. It just seems the teams are just taking points off each other. Yeah. So, and they have been all season, not when it's football. Um, but the, the thing I'd say about Albion and Borough is we've climbed the mountain um, and nobody else has made up ground like we have. Nobody else in the form we we are in. The data, the results, everything yeah. points to us and Borough being as good as the top two over the last yeah. 10, 12 games, um, which projects brilliantly for Albion. If you just, because we it's essentially a, a level playing field, but all of those teams chasing the top six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd, you'd be a, a foolish man to not think that Albion are going to be a, among the top four of those 10. If you go yeah. over the top uh-huh. two, you just need to finish in the top four, um, which is why for me, having climbed that mountain and shown Albion are one of the standout teams in the division, that's why I think Albion will convert and then we'll get there. Because yeah. uh, teams will continue to take points of each other um, for yeah. the remainder of the season. And just the last thing on Albion, I want to I just highlight our February um, and on March, but firstly February. So Coventry at home, Blues away. Have you got a game next weekend, or is it not because it's FA Cup? Is it a we're, week off? We're in the FA Cup. Of course you are. Yeah, we got course course on, yeah. I, I can't lie. As soon as we beat Chesterfield in the third round, I checked what the semi-final date was, just in case. <laughs> um, so we, we've got um, Coventry, Friday the 3rd of Feb, and that's at home. So Coventry at home, Blues away, Blackburn at home, Watford away, Borough at home, um, and that's our February. So those five games against um, Blues, who are obviously a, are the closest thing we've got to a local rivalry, and then four other teams who are chasing those playoff places, um, that's a big old February. Yeah, but if we can get through February and we're still in the top six, here's, here's March. Hull, Huddersfield, Cardiff, um, Sheffield United, obviously Sheffield United, great side. Yeah. We, it, they do turn, the fixtures get better. And then going further through the league, again, you look like, well, for the rest of the season, then it's we don't play another one of those teams. That we've well, that favourable run that we spoke about pre, sort of, you know, after the World Cup, it comes back round, doesn't, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. The, the, then we've got two more teams to play towards the end of the season in what could be absolutely huge games. Our last two home games are Sunderland and Norwich. And they're two teams who are currently um, above Albion, obviously by one or two points. But it'd be massive. But as I said, if we can get through February, those five games, and we're still in the top six, I'd be putting everything on Albion to get in yeah, that. Yeah. Obviously, it's a lottery once you're there, but that's what everyone loves. Um, oh, just a, a, give, give me a playoff final now. I'd, I'd yeah, take, yeah, yeah. I I'd, get it. I got 50-50 shot in the playoffs. Um, from where we were, 24th in the league as well. This is just obscene but as i said we we're the only us and borough are the only teams who've climbed the mountain and we've gone right we are we're putting our marker down and everyone else has sort of been jostling, jostling for position for the last um five six months whereas albion have arrived late and gone right if you're going to mess about with it 
we'll take two of those places. Yeah, yeah, sure, I, sure. I, I, do, I do fancy Albion, but it'll be fun finding out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving from the Championship to the Premier League and from West Bromwich Albion to Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, yeah. Man City are quite good, aren't they? <laughs> just a bit, mate, just a bit. Um, yeah, let, let, let's get that out of the way first. Not a huge amount to it really, mate. It's like a training game for them. I don't listen. It's always sort of a free hit going to Man City. I think as Wolves fans, I think you'll 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 be hard pressed to find a Wolves fan who probably didn't think this slyly or behind closed doors because of we've had previous decent results at City, yeah. um, particularly in the Nuno era. You know, we I think we always think, oh, you never know, you never know. I mean, even Kirko texted me saying, I think you've got a chance the weekend. The City just aren't themselves at the moment. And I was like, nah, behave yourself. And put a bit of reverse psychology for me, bless him. But um, this, at least in that City outstanding, you, you look at just the strength and depth, the, the different 11s I can put out, they're outstanding. I mean, listen, Lopetegui has, has been a breath of fresh air since coming. And he hasn't really done much wrong in terms of his, his match management, his transfers so far, his, um, his in-game subs, things like that, the way he comes across, the, the, the style of play he's trying to implement. But I think the last two games, the Liverpool FA Cup home game replay and, and City, I think, and, he, and to be fair, he came out and acknowledged that he made mistakes. I think he's cocked up with his lineups the last two games. Um, I did want to know. talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but listen, even if we'd have put out a different lineup that people thought we should have, or maybe Hulan's gone, actually, I probably should have gone this way. Listen, the likelihood City probably would have would have got the result anyway. Things can change, you know. Listen, I don't want to dwell on it too much because anyone who follows me on Twitter and we've spoken about on this before, and, and again, I feel vindicated by by voicing my opinion on it. You know, the standard of officiating the referee in the Premier League is abhorrent, absolutely abhorrent. Now I don't. I come from this from obviously a Wolves fan perspective, but I come from it, like I've said before, from a, from a neutral to say that every team deserves equality and fairness. And that referee, I mean, I thought the Rob Jones performance um, against Liverpool in the, the FA Cup, the first game, I thought that was bad. Um, but David Coote, and I nearly said another word then, um, very, very well put Rob Jones's performance to the sword because it, it was probably one of the most diabolical refereeing, refereeing um, performances I've seen in a long, long time. And I've seen a fair few over the last few years, really, really have. Um, he just lost control of the game. His decision-making was awful. They were unjustified. Um, So, yeah, so the the, the decision making from David Koo from the from the get go really was, was was incredibly poor. I mean, listen, I'm not saying this would have changed the outcome of the game, but early on, Huang nicks the ball off their young left back. I can't think what his name. I think it's Lewis. I think his name yeah, was. Rico Lewis, yeah. And um, blatantly trips him. Huang's through. Um, ref books Huang, and then books. Um, Lamina for his protests, even though they weren't exactly vigorous, I won't go as far to say. And Lamina did nothing up to that point to warrant a booking, then goes over and books Lopetegui. Um, and you look at me, you talk about BAR, I don't get into the BAR debate, but you know, for a change. That, that, that's worth a look. Check it, make sure you know, listen, you know, it plays a vehemently, you know complaining about a decision. I'm not saying you have to check everyone because players will try on and know that, but it was. It was a decision that was what was there to be made, and and the fact he didn't even check it and he stood his ground. And by that point, he'd, he'd lost he'd, he'd lost control. His decision making was all over the place. He was making 
poor decisions for both Wolves and Man City, mainly yeah. Wolves. Listen, City probably always going to go on and win the game, absolutely. They're, they're an outstanding side. It became a training ground exercise. The third goal, you know, that mistake from Saar, that's been coming all season, to be honest with you. Yeah, can uh, I just say on, on Saar? Yeah. What's happened to him? He looks I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to pinpoint, you know, he, he makes these incredible saves and other times you just, every time he gets the ball, you, you take an in-break, in, in take he, a break. Yeah, he, do, he does make good saves and he's clearly a good goalkeeper. But when you compare him to to what he was when he... In his yeah, yeah some, something's gone wrong. It, it, to be honest with you, there's been talk. It wouldn't surprise me if, if, if Lopetegui was, was thinking about bringing uh, another keeper in. Potentially, you know, just for a bit of... I mean, we've got the young kid, Sarkic, who the times I've seen him play has been pretty good, to be fair. You know, he's never put, he hasn't put a foot wrong, really. Um, from what I've seen, I mean, but it's hard to judge on one or two games here and there. Um, but that would be surprising if that was another move that he makes. Maybe not in this window, but definitely in the summer. But yeah, the City game, not not much point talking about it. City Rexons, you know, they're probably always going to win. And, and in the end, it was a training game for them and was, was very, very easy. Um, yeah. I've got two questions for you, James. Yes, of course. Yeah. Don't Wolves fans get bored of talking about referees? Yeah, and I don't want to talk about referees because... Fair enough, man. Second question. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So if you don't want to talk about referees, neither do I. Uh-huh. I'm getting really bored of listening to Wolves fans act like the world hates them. Um, and Wolves putting in, this is so Tim Pop, by the way, uh, Wolves asking for an official explanation of why that FA Cup goal didn't stand. Um, it's clear it's just a mistake. Like, it, it's it's so, so Tim Pop. Like, the world... I disagree. I disagree. I think... It's so Tim Pop. Because what happens is, Kieran, what happens is, is, is once again officiating, these people are consistently not doing their jobs correctly. So when a manager doesn't do his job correctly, he's put in front of the media to, and, he, and he's quizzed by 50 journalists as to why things are going wrong or he's holding in front of the board. You know, when players make mistakes, they will be holding on a Monday morning and go through footage of what it is. Referees are absolutely accountable to the decisions that they make. And for far too long, Kim, they've got away with it because you just get swept under the carpet. And you know what? Listen, it might not make a difference, but if that makes a stance that actually every time they make abhorrent decisions and yeah. any club does it good for them because these referees and and whoever well, it was I'm struggling to see if, if the explanation that was given yeah. was that the cameras didn't have the right yeah. angle why uh-huh. can't you just accept that I, so Tim Pot to say no there's a there's a big that came out after the meeting that came out after the meeting would that have come everybody, out everybody the knew that instantly and then Wolves yeah he knew it not official but they, but, they, but, they, but they didn't admit to it okay didn't admit to it they'd have swept under the carpet if they could have Make them accountable. It's, it's so it's so tin pot. Like you, you, can't, you can't be you can't be complaining to the FA as if there is this underground conspiracy. It's quite clear. It's not, it's not, no, it's not about Wolves fans might be talking about a conspiracy because that's the way it feels. Watching Wolves week in week out, the decisions are absolutely disgusting. And I've I've, I've been honest about that. This cost both teams at times yeah. as well. But in terms of making referees and Pogmol accountable for what they are doing. Absolutely. If Wolves were the first team to step, you know, to step up their game, and go. Oh, I want a fucking official explanation. Good. And I hope more. T- I hope more teams do it. I hope if Albion gets to the playoff final and an absolutely abhorrent decision costs them the chance of going up. It did last time. It did last time we were in the playoffs. It, 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 if you remember, we got Dwight. Do you know what? And if Albion went and, and, and did that get? I bet they got swept under the carpet. I bet there wasn't any fucking official. <laughs> yeah, but, but you can't change it. So why? To make them accountable so they learn from the lessons. So that's the thing. We've got to up our game here because every time we make a monumental fuck-up, which is happening every single week, in every single game, pretty much, they've got to become accountable because they're not accountable to anybody. 
I understand managers, that. Managers are accountable, players are accountable, boards are accountable, but referees and the, the people who train them and, and the people who set the rules aren't accountable. Bollocks, absolute bollocks. And I'll, I'll, I'll back any team to go to the club. But there are systems in place. Explain that decision and, and officially apologise to us and make sure you learn your lessons next time. If it keeps happening, it needs it needs a full-on review. <laughs> is that? But you've just said it. Is that what you want? You want an apology that they got it wrong? I want them to be accountable. But they're already accountable. But they're already well, accountable. They're already accountable in the fact that they will be demoted to a they're lot. Not, they're, not, they're not being. They're, 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 they don't well. get demoted. David Cooper won't get demoted for that performance on Saturday. Rob Jones won't get demoted for his performance against Liverpool. They won't. They're not accountable. Occasionally, a referee. Occasionally, if, if a media make enough noise, a referee gets demoted. Doesn't really happen, Kieran. Because when you do hear about it, it's a, it's a big deal because it might have happened in Man City v Man United on a Super Sunday or something. They're not accountable or they get away with no, it. That, that I do that. agree with. That I do agree with. If 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 the poor decisions happen to the bigger teams, then you don't need to write in. Uh, it's yeah. just so overanalyzed and yeah. almost you get the explanation regardless. Yeah. But maybe that's why I'm thinking it's Tim Pot to write to the FA and then request. I was incredibly proud when I was incredibly proud when I read that. I'm a complete opposite, and I would back if Albion didn't do it this season. I would back them, and I'll back any team that makes these referees accountable and these organisations, Pogmol, VAR, whatever you want to call them, actually have to step up and go. We're fucking up here, reeking, week out. Something's going seriously wrong yeah. because every because if every football fan can see it, so why can't the people who paid a hell of a lot of money see it? And do something about it, and that's where the whole conspiracy theory of you know ooh, there's a bias. This because it happened. It keeps happening. It's not. It's not just wall. It, 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 you'll see the walls in because of me and, and your Twitter algorithms and the fact we do this podcast. But guarantee it happens all over the place, and they're not. They're not accountable. They get away with it week yeah. in week out. Because if 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 Corbyn came in and was making mistake, well, Bruce, whoever, anyone, mistake after mistake after mistake after what happens, they get sacked. They get replaced. A new style of play comes There in. is nobody to replace the referees, Jack. That's the problem. But then start the process. Review the whole process. Rip it up. You know, I know people... Have, Surely that's why on. Howard Webb has just been appointed, though. Good, good. And Howard Webb's gone to the Molyneux training ground, gone through it, and obviously been a bigger man than what Mike Dean... Not Mike Dean, who's the one... Um, Mike Riley. Mike Riley ever was. Because he wouldn't have fronted up to that bollocks. You know, the cosy club referee club that we all know know about. Absolutely. If Howard Webb's going to do that, brilliant. And if Wolves have started the process of making teams have the bollocks, so, do you know, I want that explaining properly because I'm not having any sweat from the carpet because it can't, it can't keep happening. Good for them. And if it had been Albion, I'd be saying exactly the same. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I think we have to be really clear about the fact there is a, there is a bias whereby the bigger teams get more decisions, um, but that doesn't mean it's a conspiracy. So it, that that's a yeah. natural, that's a natural. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's so, fact. It makes it, it make, well, it makes it even worse, doesn't it? It's not a conspiracy. It's fact. It makes it even worse. Well, well yeah. But how are you going to? So those teams are always going to have more of the ball and therefore more attacking positions, therefore eventually win more penalties. Those teams are also probably going to have fewer occasions where it looks like they're going to give away a penalty. So the pressure on a human being is amplified tenfold in that moment. When There's so to... many similar, you know, you look at... Right, yeah, but... I know what you're saying about the... I get that. But when you go back to the Man United game and we lost 1-0 uh, over Christmas that we watched, and I touched on it last week on the other pod, didn't I, you know... The Nelson Semedo, one foul, little trip, innocuous, not even anywhere near Man United's final third, and he gets a booking. And Casemiro, literally, in our attacking phase of play, who's made a couple of fouls up to that point, goes through, I think it was Neves at the time, doesn't even get ticked off, and then makes a cynical foul in the second half to stop another attack and gets a yellow. 
And it's little decisions in the middle of the park. It's not just the penalties and the goals. They're massive because they're the ones that get spoke about and ultimately games swing on those. Okay, here's here's a question. Is the consistency throughout? Sure. So, but it, but we're not we're not looking at refereeing as a problem only now. And it might yeah. feel like that because VARs changed things and there's a bigger yeah, microscope, yeah, yeah. microscope on it. I should say. Nobody has been happy with the standard of refereeing. Yeah, the Premier League has been a thing. Um, yeah. Maybe it's just a really, really, really hard job. Impossibly hard job. I agree. I agree. But I'm talking about clear and obvious decisions, Kieran, that they're getting wrong. Week I understand week that. Out. I understand that. But there's so many decisions to make. Like, if yeah. you talk about holding them accountable... Don't do the job, then, because Clattenburg, Clattenburg never made... Oh, at least I'll take the piss out of Clattenburg when I call the team you are, yeah, but not as many, not as many as the Kieran. There's never been as many mistakes in no. refereeing in my in my in my lifetime watching I don't football. Know if that's true. The stand the standard has got worse, way worse. There's always mistakes, of course, way worse, way worse. But you're telling me there's that's not just unfalsifiable. We can't sit here and go through every referee. No, not, not at all. 2001. Two if we put a top poller on Twitter tonight. And and, the, and 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 it's yeah, as the standard of officiating got worse, and you put that out to a generic football fan base across the country. So you've got Exeter fans, Wolves fans, out any you know across every have it's going to be 80 percent plus saying yes. Probably in, what, in what time period? The the poll. Yeah, so it was saying has it got worse in the last five years? It got worse. Oh, in the uh, um, yeah, in the last. Like last five to yeah, five years, ten years, whatever. I think I think it's been worse. You know, yeah, I get your point that you're making. What are we in twenty three? I think it's got worse, definitely over the last five years. Definitely over the last five years since like, yeah, de- definitely got got worse. Definitely. And we just put in yes and no as the options. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, the way the question works, of course, the answer that is going to come back popular is no. Sorry, yeah. yes, because yeah. um, people love to to focus on the negative, and I, feel I would like- love to. I would love to every single game going to a game going. You know, it's going to be fair and equal. And the referee is going to and the referee, even if he makes mistakes, they're going to be sort of almost. When I say I don't know why we're not genuine mistakes, that makes me sound like I'm saying they're not being genuine. Um, I'm not quite sure what the word is. Like just fair, just, understandable mistakes. It's just fair, just fairness. So if, if there's a foul for Wolves and they give a yellow card to that player and it is a shit decision, you've got to match that up. You've, you've got to you've got to be consistent and they're not consistent. And 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 I haven't got time now. Maybe if I've got a few hours, one one weekend, something, I will try and find a compilation of things to put to you and, and prove my point because not very often I'm passionate about certain things and I bang the jaw, but this is one that I am. I am. And you know what? Yeah. It could be, there might be Southampton fans saying the same. There might be Everton. I don't know because I don't follow their fans. I don't, whatever. I know what I watch every week. And, and if I watched Albion in the Prem every week, and I genuinely believe if Albion come up, you will be feeling like this next year. No, of course I will. 100%. I feel like it when we're in the Championship. I feel like it when we're in the Premier League. I yeah. feel like it all the time. I just, my point is, does it not get so tedious and yes. it's enjoyable to sit there and talk about refereeing decisions every single week. Yeah, but, but we don't want to, but they're not giving us a choice because they're so... We're not talking about like just the odd little mistake here or the booked team and they shouldn't have booked team. It's, it's blatant, poor decision-making. It's blatantly... They have lost control of the game. It, it's awful. It's awful. The best referee, Riyad... Oh, 
God. And I think it was, a, I think it was, I think it was a championship ref. And I remember me, you and Essa, we were in, the, in our little group chat with Kirk and George. I remember saying, this referee, he, he let everything go. I can't remember who it was. And he, 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 let, he let things go. He let the game flow. He was consistent. He was brilliant. He weren't a big name ref. He weren't, a, you know, a David Coote or, you know, uh, Michael Oliver or whoever. I think he just had a game from the championship. And he was superb. It's funny and you say that David Coote is a big name because it, I feel like David Coote is a big name because he's consistently got big decisions wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's known, he's a knees known. If you pluck, if yeah. you say the if you say the referee's name from the Albion game on the weekend and then say David Cooper, I've heard of David Cooper, not not whoever it was. Might yeah. do, he might have been a big ref, I don't know. Yeah, but, funny enough, it was Jared Gillett, so yeah. Okay, but, yeah. Oh, that's the Aussie ref, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, I really like watching him. Yeah, yeah. I thought he caught to the Prem, to be honest, but I suppose he's got to earn his earn I, his I think he yeah, I think he might have taken the odd Prem game. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, yeah, as, sorry, I, I do find it particularly tedious to sit and talk yeah, about I do, my mate, second I question. Yes, after right. I said I have two questions for you, JB. Yeah, yeah, you did, yeah. What's your strongest eleven? Or does it depend who's refereeing? <laughs> um I would be saying I think the strong. It's difficult now because, oh, obviously you can still go siren goal. I'd still go. I'd, I'd go Samedo right back. He's been he's been superb since under Lopetegui. If we're going back four, I'd I'd, I'd probably be, I'd probably be going Collins and Dawson now. Um, uh, Craig Dawson. Crossing the yeah, black Dorsey, Dorsey. Yeah. Um, and then I'll probably go the, the first time that's happened since we've started covering the teams in yeah. the pod. I think yeah, it is. I think, I think so. Since covered the pod, yeah. Uh, Craig Dawson, you're dead to me. Yeah. Carry on, JB. Yeah. Uh, left back, I think, as, as much as I like Bueno, there's been times when I think he's looked a little bit out, not out of his depth, but just struggled when teams have targeted the left hand side. So I'll be tempted to go eight Nuri. I go Samedo, Dawson, Collins, eight Nuri. I like this Lamina kid who's coming. I really like the look of him. Um, I'd be looking at a midfield three of Lamina, Neves and Nunes. We might be signing this Joe Gomez. Plenty don't know a huge amount about him. Just the whole Twitter free Joe Gomez thing's just been making me laugh or whatever. Uh, been quite, quite funny. So if we do sign him, I'm looking forward to the Wolves media content on that. And then I'd be looking at, I'd be looking at a front three of, I don't know, I don't know, I'd, I'd, I'd be looking at Daniel Pedent, Matthias Cunha and Pablo Sarabia. Wow. That would be my... I, I, how, I don't quite know. I'm not saying it'd be an outright 4-3-3, whether it'd be like a 4-2... I don't know, 4-2-1-3 sort of thing. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of personnel, that for me is our strongest eleven. Um, I'd still love to sign an out-and-out. I still think we're crying out for an out-and-out striker, you know. We're getting to good good positions and what have you. Jimenez, you know, I know he's persisted within the last few games, but he's not the player that he was. And I think he needs to be moved on. And thank you for the memories of the last four years. He, he's been the best striker in my Wolves lifetime by a, a million miles. But better than Steve Ball. Oh, technically, yeah, he's better than Bully. Bully goal scoring record outstanding. And obviously, you know, you look at Bully's goal, superb, but I think I think Jimenez as a as a technical player is, is better. <laughs> Did you see that clip doing the rounds this week of Steve Ball scoring a header from outside the area? Yeah, I'm mate. Listen, Bully was incredible. Absolute mate. Some of the goals he scores, he used to go out, mate. He used to score like he'd be pulled, he'd be pushed out to like the wide right side of the 18 yard box. He just he'd be off balance and the power in his right leg. Honestly, I'm not exaggerating. It was, I've never seen anything like it. Um, I think if a proper number nine came in, he was going to come in and score goals. I'd probably have to look at that front three. 
possibly drop Pedence out of it. Because still, a lot of the look at his coup, you have to, oh, I haven't seen much of Sarabia, but I'm going to go on my brother George's words saying that he's, he's a, a very, very good player. Um, and he, and he it's, the same, it's the same Sarabia who was playing for Spain in the World Cup, if you... Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Great. Like, he looked really yeah. good. So. Absolutely. So that would be my 11, mate. Um, whether or not that's what Hoonan's thinking, who knows? Just touching... Obviously, I know we, we've digressed on our referee chat and I'm conscious of the time and stuff, but the Liverpool FA Cup game, I thought that was a massive opportunity missed. I thought they were there for the taking. I thought the lineup was 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 wrong. Um, I'd like to see him go. I always had a feeling he wouldn't go full strength against City on the basis I thought he'd go for it against Liverpool, and we didn't, and, and we were poor. It was a poor game from both sides, really. Against Saar, we talk about Saar's mistake against City. His positioning for the Liverpool goal was really, really poor. Um, if he was literally just two steps back, he'd have caught it. Yeah, <laughs> he literally just caught it. Bizarre, bizarre positioning. Um, we pushed on a bit second half and had a couple of half chances but the game was summed up by in the last few minutes we had a corner we played a stupid short, fucking short corners short corner and dicked around with it and then Neves has he's got a free kick 28 yards out hit it and he's tried to dink it in and just that summed up the game really and obviously pre that I know we haven't recorded the West Ham game massive three points um, that not was great, great. Not, not a great spectacle but I think we were the better side West Ham looked poor to be fair um, we sort of marshalled um, Declan Rice and and, um, and and the lads who usually cause us trouble um, pretty well to be fair that was a well-deserved three points so there's still plenty of optimism it's been a difficult week in terms of I think Lopetegui like he's come out and gone I've cocked up a little bit here plus we weren't at the races in, in both the games you know our next game is Liverpool at home in the league a week on Saturday um, by which time the window will have closed, we'll know who he's brought in. He'll have had a couple of weeks to work with these players. So I imagine we'll be seeing our full strength 11 that he will be planning on going for for the rest of the season in that game. Um, and yeah, be interesting to see where we go from there. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, obviously, week off for Wolves this week, but then they do yeah. play um, Southampton and Bournemouth after that Liverpool game. Yeah. So, a couple of really, really important games for Wolves before, um, yeah, before the game starts to come thick and fast, really. Yeah. Um, Great cliche, one of the best. <laughs> uh, in post, post sort of fourth round FA Cup. Um, on the subject of fourth round FA Cup, Albion are playing. Um, now, as soon as we get out the third round, which hasn't happened in a few years, my mind wanders straight away as an Albion fan, and I think, ah, oh, we've got a chance here. Um, we, we haven't had many FA Cup runs of note in the last 10, 15 years. We had the um, semi-final where we lost to Portsmouth. Uh, where, funnily enough, talking about refereeing decisions, we were robbed. Um, and then we had the uh, Villa quarterfinal a few years yeah. ago, um, where under Pulis, and yeah, that felt like a, a wasted opportunity, really. And they went on to lose in the final, didn't they? But anyway, I'm I'm looking at this Bristol City game, and with a week off before it and a week off after it, I'm thinking, why don't we just go full strength? Um, approach it like um, like it's something to be positive about rather than it's something you know a hindrance because i feel like whenever i don't game... buy i don't buy cups being the way i i i, I think I, I, it's only something that's really come around recently where people talk about you know or yeah. like this. i remember like, like if it wasn't for wolves fa cup run in the season that we went up in the play we wouldn't have gone up that year that yeah. that, that, that three two victory against newcastle at the time in the prem and had shearer bellamy long Robert, gary speed you know they were like third in the prem at the time flying under bobby robson you know, that, that night at Molyneux, which is still to this day probably the most electric atmosphere I've ever experienced at Molyneux, that game reinvigorated our season and that well, catapulted us. 
same with Albion when we went un- up under Tony Mowbray. Like we we got to the semi final of the cup um, and probably should have won it. Really, we were. I even I know Portsmouth won the cup that year, but we were the standout team in that last four, um, and we didn't win it. But we went up in the uh, in the championship. We won it. Um, yeah, yeah, convincingly in the end. Um, so I, I, I'm, I subscribe to the same view that it can have a massively positive effect if yeah, you, particularly if you're a top end championship team, because yeah. there are some the Premier League teams are, until it gets to the last eight, last four, Premier League teams can't be doing with it. Yeah, they yeah, that's don't it. care about the 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 FA Cup. So if you can avoid them until it gets to that later stage, um, and maybe some of the big teams are out, or you can get a favourable draw, um, then it, it can be a real momentum builder in the championship. So I would like to see us go full strength. Um, I, well, I, I'd played Brandon Thomas Asante over DK because, um, to be honest, DK wasn't great on Friday night, but I, I do feel like he, he, he was off so long and then he had another re injury. He doesn't yeah. need 390s in a week. Um, yeah. and that's essentially what he's done. So, um, I, I do feel for DK a little bit, but, um, I'd be playing Brandon Thomas Asante. Uh, other than that, I'd just be playing the team that started the last game. Yeah. For and then back to focusing on the league. If we win, great. If we don't, Shame, but I I think we will win. I think we will beat Bristol City because um we're quite good. Full stop. That's the end of the analysis. Um and then back to the league. <laughs> and then back to the league. I don't know if we're going to be able to record again before this because obviously we we'll don't play until um until that. Uh, but we are looking at potentially getting a guest episode out between now and then. Um obviously Wolves will play uh Liverpool on the fourth of Feb and Albion are going to play Coventry on that day or the day before that. Because um, we're Friday night, um, like we were last week, and then the Friday after that we play Blues as well. So not nice if you are a, a, a match going Albion fan, um, and I won't be at any of those games because it is impossible for me on a Friday night um, to get back from London. So that's a shame. But I, I mean, again, a bit like I'm saying, don't you get bored of talking about the referees? I bet you get bored of me talking about the fixture list and you're always getting moved for Albion. I get it. I get it. Listen, I understand the money that that, that, that TV companies pump in and the game wouldn't be what it was in terms of the quality. I don't think if it wasn't for the money they've pumped in and, and how they've been able to develop. But I, I, I still think that there's often a, a massive lack of consideration. Um, yeah, there is. There is. Because you know. I, I understand most people won't have to travel as far as I will to fulfil the, the requirements of their season ticket. But... Uh, you know, you miss so many games when you're a top end championship team, and they move you all the time. You just can't. Yeah, I, just, I just, I just look at like lower leagues as well. I don't know it's a different ball game or whatever, but I look at how in lower league, you know, they specifically, you know, in December and Christmas and New Year, they always put local fixtures on because they're aware it's Christmas and money and travelling and things like that. So in the lower leagues, you know, we use Hensford for an example. You know, they they played Tamworth last week over Christmas. I think they played Rushall. I think. Um, so it was all like low, they, they specifically do it when they're in the same league as Stafford Rangers. There was always like a double derby thing over Christmas, New Year, like a double headed derby thing. So they, they, they all, you know, the, the lower leagues managed to do it where they think of the fans and the traveling and, and what have you. I know it's different with Sky, obviously, they've got the Friday night slots and then you've got your Sunday afternoon slots and they've obviously brought in Monday night football now and things like that. Um, so yeah, so I, 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 get it, I get it a little bit from, from the uh, broadcaster's perspective, but. For me, you often see some of the fixture changes and, and what they do. I say you've got Albion three three Friday night games on the trot, and you know, let's be honest with you, Al, where Albion's ground is, it's not. It's, it's you know just no, off junction, no, just, no, just off junction one of the M five, and you're just off the, probably the busiest stretch of motorway in Europe on uh, Friday night. It's like I know they delay to eight o'clock and things like that, but still, it's yeah, it's, it's that, again. That's that's a conversation for another day, but it, it, it is, is it is. 
Um, but yeah, as I said, big, big February for Albion. Almost feels strange to predict it 10 days in advance or whatever it is. Um, but we will uh, maybe do another prediction online. I'm going to go Albion win. I'm going to go Albion 1-0 against Coventry. Um, again, JB, really, really far in advance here. So there's not much point going in depth on it. But um, Wolves, Liverpool. Oh, well, you can predict the Albion game as well if you want to. But Wolves, Liverpool as well, I want to predict. Yeah, it. mate. Um, Albion-wise, I, th- I, think, I think you'll beat Bristol. I think 2-1 uh, two, two, Bristol City. I, th- I think you will the full strength. And I think I think you'll you'll have enough to beat Bristol City. And you'll be in the hat for the fifth, which, which will be nice for you. Um, Coventry, Friday night, I think it'll be one all Coventry. Um, I'm going to go one all Coventry. I think it'll be Bristol City. In terms of Wolves, Liverpool, again, it's hard, depending on who we saw in the transfer window, how Liverpool are looking because they're very up and down at the moment. But, you know, I'd like to think he's learned the lesson from the last couple of weeks. You know, when we play football at our best and we're confident, we, we play possession-based football, which Lopetegui likes to do. I think we, we're a match from most sides, and I include Liverpool in that, even though they're a very, very good side. Um, I'll go. I'll go one all Liverpool. I'll go for two draws that week, and I go one all Coventry Albion and one all Wolves Liverpool. Fair enough. I'll go nil nil Wolves Liverpool, uh, which would be a huge bonus point for Wolves. Yeah, um, absolutely. Not something we mentioned because I, I think the subtext is most people listening will know, but Wolves currently sitting seventeenth, um, but by goal difference at the moment, so very very precarious position. But as we said, things are on the up um, under Lapetegi, so. Yeah, hopefully that stops soon and you uh, slide back down the table, JB. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, interesting as well, news in the relegation uh, battle. Uh, Frank Lampard has been sacked today, so yep. Everton could get a little jump. Everton are only one game off being above Wolves. Like That's that's how tight it is. Yeah, no, it's incredibly tight. It's incredibly yeah. tight. And I still think there's teams above us who are, who are well in the mix. You know, I was talking. Oh, 100%, 100%. I still think Foggy still get dragged into it. Um, Bournemouth, well, I'm sure Bournemouth as well. It, it's yeah. it's almost with a mirror image of the Championship playoff. I mean, there's more teams involved in the Championship playoff scene, but I think how tight it is, it, it's very similar in, in that way. Where well, the yeah, well, Leicester, around. Leicester are in 14, and they are yeah. three points off the bottom of the table. So yeah, yeah, Leeds, West Ham, Bournemouth, Everton, Southampton, Leicester. Yeah. yeah, any of those could go down. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think anyone would miss most of those teams either. Um, JB, anything more to add before we sign off? No, mate, it's been a pleasure. Good catch up with you. And um, like I said, we, we had a little chat off Eric. We were going to try and get some guests on over the next sort of coming weeks and months. Um, yeah, it won't um, be a referee, though. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll get David Coote on. That'll be interesting. Yeah, they're not, in, um, they're not on the Christmas card list. <laughs> yeah, very good. So now I'll, uh, I'll look forward to catch up with you soon, mate, whenever that is next. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Black Country Ramble. Please give us a rating uh, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, whatever it might be, uh, Google Podcasts. Um, and also follow us on Twitter. We had a big spike last week. Say big spike, a uh, relative big spike, um, because well, I, re- I reposted the video of the Wolves fans recording themselves during the um, COVID season derby where Albion came from 2-1 down to win 3-2. Uh, go and check that out if you haven't seen it. It is always good for a laugh. Um, once again, thank you for listening to this week's episode and we will catch you next time.